The following is a paid program. The views or claims made are not necessarily those of WILK staff, management, or sponsors. It's time for Laurie and Lynn. Local talk to start your weekend right. And now, Laurie and Lynn on WILK. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. How are you doing today? Good. How are you, Lynn? I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm thinking this is a good day. I like it outside. It's wonderful. It's a nice fall day. Uh-huh. And we crisp. have... Crisp. Yeah, crisp is a good way to put it. Now I need the apples uh-huh. to go with it I know. because I haven't seen any. But uh-huh. Okay, we have a very special guest with us this morning. And um, her name is Sue Henry. And I think she's a name that many of you remember from this radio station. I wanted to introduce her because I wanted to give her some kudos for something that she did for Laurie and me nine and a half or more years ago when we started doing some work on WILK. And... uh, I don't think we even called it the Laurie and Lynn show at that point, did we? No. Well, I was doing some work That's before right. and had a few shows. And then yes. you came on as someone a who guest. helped me as a guest. Yes. And then when Sue heard you and me going back and forth um she said you guys have great chemistry it sounds great blah 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 blah, blah. and then that's when lynn go ahead that's that, that's how that that's started. how it started we'd started the laurie and lynn show and we had sue henry helping us literally physically in the studio with us mm-hmm. helping us to push all the right buttons and understand how to do everything <laughs> and when sue ever since we've been pushing the right buttons just so you know <laughs> So we consider her our mentor, which is a wonderful thing. So it gives us an opportunity publicly to say thanks. But she's here today because she's running as a candidate for the state representative 121st district. And we just wanted to give Sue a little payback and say, tell us why people should be voting for you. What is your why did you decide that you wanted to run for this seat? First of all, if if you are going to do this, I want Sue Henry Presents to be on the title of your show anymore. (laughs) Yeah, okay, great. If you you claim that I was the impetus for the show, then I'm going to need a credit on the beginning and probably nine and a half years of residuals. Is that okay, you two? Yeah. Well, not impetus, but you were the reason, you you helped us get this through. So, yes, that is. What residuals? We never heard about any residuals. We don't know what you're talking about. Come on, you two come clean. Yeah, right. Made billions of dollars on the show. Oh, sure. Well, it's it's really great to hear your voices. Thanks for having me on. And, um, yeah, I'm running for office. After I left WILK, I had been out of work for a little while, two weeks. And people came to me, and they asked me if I would consider running for office. And I said, well, of course I would. As you know, when you're in the media, you can't run for public office so i wasn't in the media anymore and therefore i could how about that there you go yeah so since then i have uh, embarked on this journey and let me tell you both that i think you often recommend to people on your show that they they take chances and they take some risks as long as they are fairly grounded in reality It, it doesn't hurt to uh, change your career path. So here I am today talking to you two 
about something that I've done, and I've kind of put my heart and soul into it for the last couple of months. And that sounds great. We, we love that. We applaud that just in the sense that you said it in that context that uh, too many times people end up staying in the same place, doing the same job, and there's nothing they get out of it, but they do it because they think it's the right thing to do. It takes a lot to be able to step out into something that you have no idea how it's going to turn out, but you trust yourself and your gut that this might be something you want to pursue. So kudos to you for that. Thanks. I was, I, I've been told in the past often, this is the best you can do. And I've kind of been using that line as, as my driving force to try to do better. Yeah. And to take that up, it, not as uh, something that holds you in place, but as a, a stepping stone to a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think that both of you throughout your careers, you've, you've both had that opportunity to reinvent yourself, try something new, use the skill set that you have to do something different. And I think coming from the perspective that I'm coming from, I spent a lot of time, Lori and Lynn, actually listening to what people had to say about where we live, the attributes of where we live. And I, I don't think we should ever forget that. There are many things that keep us here that are beneficial to us and we shouldn't forget that. Not everything is bad, but some things certainly do deserve improvement. And, and I'm not alone when, when I think that. I, I've learned that by listening to what people have to say about Northeastern Pennsylvania and the 121st District specifically. So I've used that, uh, that foundation to try to build my new house. Sounds good. And and so did you ever think, did you ever, in your wildest dreams, ever think you would get into politics? Well, I mean, you were very vocal and you're very <laughs> supportive of other candidates and your position in, in the political world. But did you yourself ever think you would, you would actually do it? I, I, I never ruled anything out in life. I always like to play the what if game what what if this happens or what if that happens because I was in the media obviously at that particular time I, I couldn't do it but once I wasn't it in anymore it became more of a possibility I've spent so much time covering mm -hmm. politics elections issues getting to know candidates interviewing candidates and I think that does give me a, a good foundation for uh, again building on what I've heard in order to craft what I think needs to be done, there's nothing new under the sun. I'm kind of, uh, you know, synthesizing, harnessing ideas and, and, and just retooling them for uh, this particular moment in our lives. And um, yes, I have thought about it. My grandmother was um, really big with the Republican women of Lackawanna County, and I always watched her interact with a lot of political figures um, and, and as I said I've covered so many elections over the years and I, I probably at times thought to myself what would it be like if, if I was in that position what would I do what wouldn't I do and therefore I think it's given me the opportunity to put all these blocks together in, in this moment and the election it's coming up pretty soon it's a little over five weeks 
Well, and, and I do think that one thing you said, and I was thinking about this before you said it, was that when you do shows like this and you do radio or you interview people, if you're good at interviewing, you need to be able to listen to the person you're interviewing so many and so many people don't they they talk but you don't really hear what the other person is saying because they don't focus and then the skill set to know what you're going to ask next formulate that and be able to listen respond and then get the next question out it's a very i think it's very difficult and it, it takes a lot of you know mind power to to be able to do it but the part that's listening because what do we want our politicians to do most is to hear us to listen to what they have to say and not just you know pass it off oh yeah 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 yeah. and they so when they walk away i'd like to know how many people really heard what that person said to you and i think that that's probably a skill set that you will you probably have noticed in your campaigning that you're able to listen and hear what they're saying is that at all true or is that just my take on it no, that's absolutely true. And a lot of people go into this, and I don't, I think they go into it with really good intentions, and I think they go into it with nobility. But I have, through my experience, developed opinions on, on issues, many issues. And they may have been shaped by being reflective on what I heard people tell me. In other words, the, the issue that I think is, is prime time in the 121st district right now has to do with school property taxes. And that is an issue that I used to hear about on WILK chapter and verse for years and years and years and years. And at some points there was an attempt to alleviate property taxes through the use of uh, the gaming funds through mm-hmm. the casinos and that, that did not that didn't turn out to be what what they said it would be. So now we're looking at new and different ways to do that. But I know this idea is at the heart and soul of this campaign because I would say most every time I get to talk to somebody at their house, and I've been going house to house in the district to talk to people, that issue resonates among the people with the most passion and urgency. People urgently want this to be fixed now. I mean, we've fiddled around with it long enough to be nice about it. It's time to do something about it. So therefore, as as an elected official, I would certainly listen to the feedback of, of what people told me and then try to do something about it based on what is realistic. And can you tell everybody, just because I don't know this, what actually, what encompasses the 121st district? Which areas? Okay, it would be Fairview Township, which is the the part of Mountaintop that you enter when you are going up the hill there. Then you come down into Ashley, Hanover Township, Laurel Run Borough, Wilkes-Barre Township, Mm. Wilkes-Barre City, so it encompasses wow. uh, it, it encompasses uh, quite a bit of of territory, and you know it's it's a little bit daunting. But the good news is that I went to school at King's College in Wilkes-Barre. I've lived in and around the the region since that point in the early 1980s. So I, I lived in I was a resident of Wilkes-Barre 
for a long time. And then I moved into Hanover Township. I know uh, a lot of people from Ashley. It's right next door to Hanover Township. Wilkes-Barre Township is a great community. Laurel Runborough is awesome, and I've been uh, up in Fairview campaigning. So I'd like to think that I've been able to touch all these areas, and the people aren't too much different from area to area. Their concerns are fairly consistent regardless of the, the borders of their municipalities. They all have uh, pretty much the same desires that they are being uh, really heavily impacted financially by high school taxes and they're scared and you know uh, you you talk about it all the time on your show Lori and Linda financial insecurity is really really big in this region and you know that uh, a lot of a lot of women outlive their husbands so you're looking at uh, widows that have to pay school taxes on uh, a limited amount of income, and that's that's frightening and daunting. Yeah, it is. It is. You're absolutely right. And you know what, though, Sue, you're, you, you, if anybody can do it, you can do it. So we're giving you the old rah-rah, Sue, and we <laughs> are going to um, take a break because we have one more segment here. We have to two more. Ooh, again, I'm forgetting. So, Sue, thank you for joining us today, and we wish you the best of luck. All right. I have, uh, just if I could throw on my website, it's friendsofsuehenry.com, and I have a Facebook page with the same name, Friends of Sue Henry. So if you'd like to learn more about my candidacy or more about me, please go there. Perfect, perfect. Thanks. Thanks. Okay, everybody, thank you, Sue. to hear your voices. Thank Take you, care. you too. Bye-bye. All right, everybody, we're taking a quick break. You're listening this morning to Laurie and Lynn show, and we'll be right back. Here's Laurie and Lynn. Good morning, everybody. I'm Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company called Women of Substance, LLC, which was designed specifically for the financial needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the author, the, not the author, that's the last time. We still have that book, mm-hmm. but I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Yes, ma'am. And so we missed you yesterday. Yeah. Um, well, things kind of... I didn't get your text until last night. Oh! <laughs> I don't know why. It didn't wasn't showing up, and then it popped up. And everyone, Rose was like, where's Lynn? I said, I don't know. Something must have gone on. She probably, whatever, and she couldn't get here. Couldn't get it. Couldn't get there in time. Uh-huh. That was the issue. And so I just decided psh, I'm, it, it's going to be way too late, so why even bother? I'll be getting there when everybody's getting up to leave. Yes. So was it a good time? It was. She was a very good. We were, we, it was the, you talk about it, because I'm not, I'm out of my league with that. <laughs> uh, no pun intended. Go ahead. No, it's just that there was a speaker who. But I, what it was, I, we're not talking about the organization. I. Don't know. Yeah, we're just talking about the event. So it was an event that was held at Mohegan Sun yesterday, which would be Wednesday, as you're listening to this. Um, It was Wednesday of this week, and it was sponsored by Circle 200, which is a group of women from northeastern Pennsylvania who have created a kind of a um, invitation only group of senior level executives uh, and business owners 
whose intention is to help those women network and hopefully get on board seats which would be a very nice thing if we could all do that but anyway that's the group and um, sometimes they have speakers sometimes they have dinner meetings they have a lot of different things but that's the group that was there yesterday and i could not make it so and you were able to bring a guest to this one, yes which is why i was there yes with miss rose well let's give rose her kudos you rose brother we love her who is a member of circle 200 uh-huh. and uh yeah so so it was nice many? it was it was packed the room was, was packed it? mohegan sun and ruth's chris it was great um <clears throat> and I, I it was it was a very nice um she was wonderful the young woman who spoke and about her business and uh it was it's i love that place in there it's it's great you don't even kind of really know where you are you feel the, the, everything the about it is fabulous <laughs> and um so you know and it was good they, it was packed originally you know that we did the valet and the guys are so nice there's so big shout out to the um the valet guys at mohegan sun um they were wonderful and uh so and then we went into to the event itself and we rose and i and two other women were in one of those rounded booths which i love um very private it's really Mm -hmm. a cool place it's Mm -hmm. very neat back there and then all the wines and the wine coolers and such you can see the wine racks i don't know actually if they were cool any of them were chilled but you just the selection is unbelievable so it was just neat it was a very very nice um presentation it was she was very good there were good questions and um the lunch was wonderful so it was it was a great afternoon how was the lunch presented was it it was neat they gave you a choice of three Uh a beef of course and most people of course you're at ruth's chris uh salmon and i think chicken i'm not sure what the third one was and so they gave you your your uh protein and then they served um like a small like oval type of mashed potatoes and they had creamed spinach um, that went along with it and a salad to start so it was a full uh, like i don't that was i don't know how many people eat like that at lunch but it was uh you know better to eat like that then than later but it was very very um i just put my took my um salmon and put it on and waited to eat the salad later and put it right on the salad it was fabulous i'm sure (laughs) yeah it was really good the salmon was great it was served on a slice of tomato Uh um it was yeah it was real good so nice nice um afternoon good a lot of good gals there from both luzerne and lackawanna county so it was a nice good mix it also um actually encompasses pike county monroe county and um, what does circle 200 200 yeah and i think i want to say bradford but i'm not sure but yeah there are are a lot of other women included in one of the ones that i always love to see which is just so crazy because i have greater opportunities to see her when we're at our place at lake wall and paul pack but Jeannie genslinger who owns settlers inn and a bunch of other properties Uh, is a member of circle 200 and last summer we had our meeting which is the one where we introduce our brand new members the class of that year and we held it at silver birches which is one of the properties they own Mm -hmm. and it was wonderful the food was great the evening was perfect 
The temperature was just divine. This was in June, I think it was, and it was just great. Beautiful sunset. It was nice, nice time. And, um, you know, Jeannie drives down to wherever from Holly. So I, I give her a lot of kudos for making some of these meetings because it's quite an effort on her part to be here. And there are some from other places, too, like I said, that are not just, um, you know, it's, it's not a half an hour away. So kudos to all those women who put it together. Mm-hmm. Anything else you wanted to talk about? Any other shout-outs? How about um, what would be going on or at this point would have been over today? Well, yeah, your, our hospice walk um, would be when you're listening has already, well. It's underway. It's, yeah, you'll, it's definitely at this point because it's, it's registration was 8.30 to 10, the walk at 10, so by this ends. So if you happen to be listening a little bit and you think, oh, good, I could scoot over to McDade fast, you can still make it. But um, it's our third annual, and things are very, we're very happy so far. Things are great. Great. Um, well, I just had a couple little things here I wanted to talk about that I think it's important that people understand some of the investing truths that aren't. I think I started into some of this last week, um, but I never got through the whole thing. But number one is that it's important to follow your instincts. And the truth is your instincts may be grossly misinformed. So um, the (coughs) author of this, Alan Roth, says, ignore your gut. Uh, What does work on Wall Street is flipping the script. As Warren Buffett famously said, be fearful when others are greedy and greedy only when others are fearful. He said, I followed that advice by buying stocks during the financial crisis a decade ago. It went against every instinct I had. And most of us do this, especially that situation. One of the hardest things I had to live through with that event, that several year event, was to try to get people to stay invested in where they were. Because the natural inclination is, I don't want to be the last one to the party. So get get me out, get me in cash. I'd be any anywhere you put me, I'll be happy if it isn't invested. And the people who stayed invested got that all that money back and then some. Mm-hmm. So don't trust your instincts in that regard. <coughs> Number two, investing is complex. And um, <laughs> his, say, his statement is keep investing simple. Make sure you can explain your investment strategy to any eight-year-old. <laughs> For example, you can own virtually every public company on the planet with one or two simple low-cost index funds, such as a total U.S. stock and and total international stock index fund. That's been some of the um, sweet deals with the Vanguard 500 um, fund, which is just a, a classic. It is the kind of thing that you can do, as they say, set it and forget it. If you have the discipline to put a certain amount of money away every month and invest it in that fund, you are essentially covering yourself with the 500 largest U.S. companies. If you feel like you need a little bit greater security, you go to some of the other funds that are outside of the United States. And between the two of them, if you've got years to work with, there's nothing complex that really needs to be done with that. 
Um, the third thing was you should buy good companies. Well, that's true. But at the same time, some bad companies can also be very good bad investments. Company. You know, in your um, investment, investment club, club, you've had a lot of them that you've taken risks on that turned out to be really crappy. Mm -mm. But on the other hand, you've You've invested in some that have really taken yes, off well. Yes, more of that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so there's nothing wrong with taking risks if if you know that you've got a base of something that you can afford to take that risk. And if you do take that risk and it works, it's a significant growth mm -hmm. above and beyond what you invested. Makes sense. Okay, number four, large blue chip dividend paying stocks are safe. Well, I would say that that is probably true more often than not. So I wouldn't say that there's anything wrong with doing that. I think that um, what this guy says is if you own stocks, own a broad sampling of the entire market. Well, that's true. But that's like I said, the Vanguard 500, that covers everything. Uh, but on the other hand, when you invest in good companies, large blue chip dividend paying stocks very often they either raise their dividends they split and you get more of the same shares or they they split out certain companies that they owned and they become stocks themselves in which case you just get shares for that you don't have to buy them so you get a lot of benefit from those kinds of things but on the other hand you can point to General Motors and Eastman Kodak. Today's shares of those of the original companies are worthless. But that's two out of 30, 50. Truth number five, investing should be fun. This guy says no. He said investing should oscillate between dull and painful. What? Owning the whole market through investments and index funds isn't fun or exciting or sexy. Most of the time, it's boring. When the market falls and you know you shouldn't sell but should instead buy more stock, well, it's downright miserable. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I would agree that that is the case. But nevertheless, you can have fun with stocks, and, and you do when you look at... Oh, I well, you know how I do it. I, I look know. at it totally different than the most yes, people. Yes, and I remember people. the guy, now why can't I think of his name, the guy who had one of the Vanguard funds that just was enormously successful. He went to his wife and he said, what do you buy? Okay, so he said... You know, whatever she told me she bought, I bought the company uh -huh. because I realized I love it. that's the way that's to do it. it. That's how you do it. Okay. So we'll be back. Yeah. I also want to say real quick that when I, because I meant to do this when we were talking about Ruth's Chris, my buddy Mark Massetti is the general manager. And um, I didn't realize that. And, of course, he was the co-owner of Amici's with Sean Scanlon all those years ago. And we went there all the time. My father loved Amici, mm -hmm. and he loved those guys. And so Mark was there, and I was so happy. I said, Mark, I was never here. He said, obviously, you don't know I'm here, and I've been here for four or five years. I said, there you go. And it was so, was so good to see him and bringing Lackawanna County down there to Luzerne. So we yes. were very happy about it. He did a great job, and hats off to you, Mark. You're doing a good job with all your um, employees and staff there, Yay, too. Mark. So. Hi, Mark. Anyway, we're going to take a quick break. You're listening to Laurie and Lynn's show. Next up is attorney Barbara J. O'Hare. Here's Lori and Lynn.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back. You're listening to the Laurie and Lynn Show. I am Laurie Cadden, the owner of Laurie Cadden Enterprises, which is a fundraising PR and special event business. And my name is Lynn Evans. I am the managing director of a company I created just a few years ago called Women of Substance LLC, which is uh, specifically for the financial planning needs of baby boomer women. I'm also the host of a podcast called Power of the Purse, available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. And we have in the house back, uh, we had a, switcher, a switcheroo this week. Instead of Barbara being up front in the beginning of the month, she's in the back end of it this month, but we're happy to have her here. Miss uh, Attorney Barbara J. O'Hara, who is a family law uh, lawyer and practicing in Dunmore and many, well, that's where her offices are. She's in many counties, as we know. And Barb has been practicing family law for 38, 7 years years almost 38 and she is a partner of Hughes Nichols and O'Hara and O'Hara on um 1421 is it East Drinker Street. East Drinker. How about that, baby? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, right. uh, that's okay. amazing that you remember that. <laughs> so what I wanted to discuss this week is that um statistics just came out that the, the d- divorce rate is falling. And now the question is, why is the divorce rate falling? And really what they're saying is a lot of millennials Mm -hmm. either are marrying later and perhaps making a more mature decision or they're not getting married at all. And that's what I'm seeing a lot of is they're not getting married at all. Are they living together though? They are living together. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wanted to address because I hear it all the time from, from people of it doesn't matter that we get whether or not we get married. It doesn't matter. A piece of paper doesn't matter. And I wanted to talk about the legal consequences of living together versus getting married. And um, another part of the statistics is they said baby boomers always got divorced and they're still getting divorced. Yeah. We've already addressed that in other weeks of the, the gray divorce. And, you know, although they're getting older, they're still divorcing. But the, with the millennials, they're either not getting married or getting married later and perhaps staying married. Because I think the baby boomer women are marrying the millennial, are hanging out with the millennial men. Maybe well, that's you your friends. <laughs> There you go. How about that? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's an interesting that. combination. Yeah, I'm just kidding. But that is. It's not a bad idea when you think about it. Think really Cougars, hard I think about we that. call yeah. them. Yes. Isn't that uh-huh. it? Lori yeah. and, and their cougar friends. Uh-huh. Um, so back to the, back to the question yeah, of sorry. what's the advantage of getting married. And a lot of people look at this and say it really shouldn't matter. But quite honestly, the laws are, are written to protect the stay-at-home dependent spouse because the law was written back when lots of women stayed home and with a Donna Reed mentality of, you know, uh, Reed comes home one day and says, I'm leaving you for my secretary, and now how do we protect Donna Reed? So, um, with that whole mentality, it, there's there's a lot of things that perhaps haven't changed with the times. But one of them is that if you're the the spouse earning less, or the spouse maybe staying home with young young children, you're entitled to spousal support. However, if if you never married, 
you are not entitled to any of that. I'm seeing lots and lots of women coming to me with teenagers and they're only going to get child support until the child 18. is 18 or high school graduation. Mm -hmm. And sometimes people split up when, when, when the kids are nearing high school graduation. And then they look at you and say, how am I going to support myself? I've been out of the job market for 20 years, 30 years, and, and we never had to get married because it didn't mean anything. Well, you know what? With the court system, it does. And with the court system, if you've been the stay-at-home mother without the benefit of marriage, um, then... They don't care. They right? don't care. Right. They don't care. You do not get anything as the stay-at-home girlfriend. Well, dare I ask this, and I know you, this is just a, a, a very bizarre question. Will the laws change because of the way things are, or, do you, or never because it's always been like that in some way, shape, or form? It would have to be an, an enormous change. Yes. Because, you know, then you have... It opens up a whole new avenue for... for a whole new union, uh, in, yes. in a way, right? Okay. And all the regulations and, for And it. to be honest with you, Pennsylvania did away with common law marriage mm -hmm. for any that, are, that have been established in the last, uh, like, 10 to 12 years. For They still recognize ones that were established before that. But what was happening is they're usually... Um, the cases where they're being established, either workers' comp or somebody saying, I want to collect under my common law marriage husband's death benefits uh, for workers' comp and that didn't apply or to an children. estate. All of these things were common law marriage things. Right. Uh, their children, there's really not a question there. As long as paternity is established, it doesn't matter whether mom and dad are married. But when it comes to are you a spouse? That's what I, yeah, that's how I meant that. It okay. doesn't matter so how old. So if it's, you know, are you a spouse, they were coming up in workers' comp cases. They were coming up in estate cases because, you know, the, the long-time girlfriend says, well, what about me? And I re really was a common-law spouse. And the first, the, the Commonwealth Court in a workers' comp case said, this is crazy. It's very hard to prove these things after after somebody's dead and so they said okay you know if it was established before a certain date you have a common you can have a common law marriage after it we're, we're not going to recognize it and soon after that case the legislature um changed the law to say okay no new common law marriages okay and lots of people think they have a common law marriage but don't and doesn't so, it depend on the years you're together? And no, how you, not at all. No, it does okay. not. How, is it is it the it is. that you recognize them as your spouse? Is that one of the terms? Or it something is that you the, hold each other out as, as husband and wife, yeah. and you you have to have uh, continuous cohabitation. But you need to have current. Um, let's see, their words of present intent to be spouses. So, I'll have people come to me and say. Well, he never wanted to get married again. And um, we just lived together and he took care of me. You are not a common-law marriage. You are not a common-law spouse. He said to you, I don't want to get married again. Yeah, that you clear were not, intent there. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. I've had some people where they signed affidavits for health insurance where the court, after a trial, found that, yes, they're a common-law spouse. And I have one case right now with somebody looking to get pension benefits who said, we exchanged vows. And looking at that, okay, their words of present intent, will you be my husband? Will you be my wife? So 
Yes, but that, once again, that had to be established before the law changed. Okay. So, really, you know what? There's some real financial benefits to getting married, mm-hmm. and usually for the dependent spouse. Because you break up a girlfriend-boyfriend relationship after 10 years together, 15 years together, and maybe the two of you have worked hard, have put, you know, invested money, um, build up equity in your house. If the house is in his name, you get nothing as, as, the, as the girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, a handful of times I've been called saying, he died, and now his kids are kicking me out of our house. Yeah. Well, okay. how's the house titled? Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, that's, it really ends up being a real hardship for some people in some circumstances. So, Especially with kids, you know, that's the thing. Well, or, or the dependent spouse who thought he was going to take care of me, and maybe he did, maybe he didn't. And, you know, is that house really yours? If you're not on the deed, it's not. Right. And, you know, so there's some real harsh realities. So the the bottom line is with this, you really have to take care of yourself legally to the best you can when you enter that, which doesn't matter about the spousal part, but the other stuff like the deed and the wills and all those things really need to be All those things really matter. Yeah. Okay. And you may have had a wonderful relationship with this person, but once they die... It's all a matter of what's your legal status. Right. What did the document say? So you could be with a guy for 20 years and, hey, together you had a wonderful life. After, I've gotten calls from women saying on the way home from this, the cemetery, they were told by the kids, don't go back to the house. And, you know, it's a real oh, harsh reality. Oh. But, you know, when they ask you, well, that's my house. You know, now you're into trying to negotiate with the children of his marriage to say, okay, fine, give me a certain amount of time to get my stuff together and find another place to live. And Barbara, is that something you do that if if someone needed that, is that work you do or is that a state (laughs) law? Like, well, so, okay, Uh, actually, um, agreements with that doesn't even end up, end up being a state law at that point. No, because. If you're the girlfriend and if you're not taken care of in the will, then true, 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 you, true. you can't, you're not a spouse, so you can't happens. elect against mm-hmm. an estate. And maybe he left you something and God willing he did, but otherwise you're out of luck. You're, okay. you're out of luck and you don't get anything under social security because you're not a spouse. You don't, don't you can't elect against a will because you're not a spouse. So there's really a, a lot of things that people don't consider. And it's just, that's, that's the problem with, with the fact that the law protects a spouse. The law doesn't protect a girlfriend. Okay. So. I also am concerned about situations like that where couples live together and they have children. Yes. And there's no, there's nothing there that says that if, um, you know, if we are married, or not married, rather, and I am the mother of your children, you don't owe me anything because right. there's nothing legal that yes. says that you could actually come in and take the kids away. Whoever establishes... Well, the custody of the kids is a whole different different situation So than, how do you resolve property? that? Okay, where who people are... custody? Who, people who have had children together are living together and one person decides they don't want to be a part of this anymore. And that ends leave. up being litigated in the custody courts. 
Okay. Okay. So the fact that you're not married really has nothing to has do nothing with to do with it. That the law and quite honestly, lots of people aren't married and they fight over custody. Absolutely. So the fact that the divorce rate might be going down isn't reflected in my practice uh -huh. because now you have custody actions between unmarried people. Right. So what, how does that play out then in Social Security for survivor benefits for children um, if you're not married? If you're not married, then you as the girlfriend are getting nothing. Right. But your children... Do, yeah. Your children could be getting it as as the dependent. Okay, so they can get it under Social Security if they're under right. the age just, of eighteen. Just where paternity is established. Mm -hmm. Right, that's okay. what I was going to say. Yeah. As long as paternity. So how do you how do you establish paternity paternity in a situation like that? Well, in some cases, paternity has already been determined in a support action. Yeah. Um, so let's say unmarried people split up mom goes and files support if he denies it either if they're not married the court will require them him to sign an acknowledgement of paternity or if he contests paternity they do dna testing so one way or another that gets established and hopefully there's not a contest at the time of somebody's death of that's really not his child because mm -hmm. now you're getting into high drama and and, and DNA now in, testing. Now you're into Mari Povich. Oh right, gosh. right. You don't want to be there, <laughs> right? Great. So it, it, it's okay. interesting, and you see these changes o over time, and as society changes, and you know what's acceptable yeah, and what right. people are doing is a whole lot different than you know 20 years ago what people were doing. Oh boy, time flies, Barbara. Tell everyone how they can reach you. I can be reached at 570-344-7171. My office is in Dunmore on the corner of Tig and Drinker at 1421 East Drinker. I practice in Lackawanna, Luzerne, Wayne, Wyoming, and Susquehanna. Whoa. And the phone number? 570-344-7171. There we go. Always Thank a pleasure. You very much. Thank you. Nice. Thank you. Good to have you nice. back, Barbara. Yeah. <laughs> nice talking Lynn, to you. Good yes. weekend. We yes. will see you guys next week. Again, thank you so much for listening. Good weekend and be nice and well, no. Please be safe and please be nice. Lynn, I'm missing Mex I'm missing sorry. it up. Mixing it up. All right. <laughs> bye everybody. Bye. -bye. bye.